Listener Production. KickPod acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast. The Yolukut Wollum clan of the Boonwurrung, who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the KickPod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. One, two, three, four. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Today's episode mm. is a, and I, I don't know if this is going to make people turn it off, but I feel like it's like Dalton and I went into therapy and recorded it. No, I love that. I love that. So basically what's <laughs> yeah. coming up. I love that. I love, I love that. that. I love, <laughs> love that. that. No, you know why I love it though is because obviously in the last episode, as you know, any of the KickPod listeners would know, we really went under the covers with Josh and I, our relationship, quite literally, <laughs> well, even with the topic. Well, I mean, you were asking all the questions. I have to say, though, there was a TikTok that we shared, one yeah. of the videos from the podcast. Mm. And some of the comments on there, people were like, I'm confused who's in the relationship. And I, I, like, I noticed True. that. I think it was because we were often referring to each other as like we or that. And like, you didn't really know who we are or anything. <laughs> That's the beauty of TikTok, couldn't pop up anywhere. <laughs> some people were confused. But anyway, Dalton is... My Yeah, we've got to throw Dalton under the bus. Not yours and, and you Josh now. is not my husband. We're going to get an insight yours. to your relationship in this episode, aren't we? But a little yeah. bit more than that. Yeah. Well, we went into a few things. Yeah. And also, I did a horrible, well, horrible, but I should have introed what Dalton did at the start of the podcast and I didn't do it until like 20 minutes in. So just for to avoid any confusion, we are both CEOs of our company and so we spoke about the differences of being a female leader versus a male leader. Mm. And Dalton is a CEO of a company called Bullfrog Media, which is an advertising agency. An agency we work with a lot. Yeah, we do. Yes. yes, 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 exactly. Anyway, so we spoke about that. We spoke about how we both cope under pressure and the stress that it puts in your relationship, how we work through it, communication, where we stand on the 30-day intimacy challenge, mm. lots of, there was a lot of things. Again, it was I'm, a open therapy session. Yeah, I can really see how this is going to... Lay out as a therapy session. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people get a lot out of it. Anyway, so that's that. But before we uh, expose our entire relationship, which <laughs> makes me feel a little bit sick, that's okay. Uh, we have got some kick updates. What have you got, Sevi? We are about to go into a week full of shooting some very new workouts. Yes. And we've also got some new exciting workouts landing in the app at the same time, which is super exciting. So make sure you're following us on TikTok for some behind the scenes access. We'll also be <laughs> announcing a bit of a giveaway this week, but you've got to be on TikTok to understand what that's going to be. And that's or special see it. Giveaway. Or see it, yes. We've got a little hint here. You'll be thirsty for the emotional oh. support prizes. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, any TikTok TikTokers okay. will probably know what that trend is all about. So make sure, yeah, so make sure you check out the TikTok, which is Keep It Cleaner Squad. Yeah. Is the name. Yeah. Okay. And what else? So the other update we have for you guys is that we have launched what we are calling Budget Bites. So 10 new recipes dropping in September that are less than $5 per serve. And as always, we want to try and make healthy living as accessible and as affordable as possible. So throughout September, look out for apple pie quesadilla, <gasps> taco tray bake. We've got Brookie's brownie cookies, sushi bake, and cheesy loaded veggie lasagna. Look out for them. And okay, we can't Watch bring out. this on any longer. I need to go podcast. into this. I've got a vulnerability hangover. Oh That's gosh. all I've got to say. Hi, honey. <laughs> <laughs> It's very bizarre having you on the podcast. It is bizarre, but... 
And Providing you- we're not talking about Suzuki breath today, <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Okay, you have to tell everyone. Dalton's been very sad about the fact that I said he had. You also say tzatziki really weird. You say tzatziki. Tzatziki. I think it's tzatziki. Is it? What is it? <laughs> anyway. You should ask the experts. So you, you, it's definitely tzatziki. Thank you very much, Matthew. At least I'm still teaching you things. <laughs> it's not tzatziki with a Z. It starts with a T. Tzatziki. Anyway. Go. It's definitely right. <laughs> okay. Uh, now. We asked the community, and thank you so much to everyone for sending in all of your questions for us and for you. So we have got some of them to play, and the first one is... I'm nervous. <laughs> so you're both CEOs, and I was wondering, firstly, what are your roles? And secondly, do you feel like there are any major differences in being a CEO for a man versus a woman? A big, <laughs> big question to start with, isn't it? You go first. No, you go first. You're on the podcast as the person that's being interviewed. So you go first. Um, I think what's really interesting about asking this question, I think one big difference for me is title versus role. I think a lot of people will strive for a title but won't necessarily understand what the actual role is. And for me, the CEO role makes the most sense for one real key reason. And that is to expand on the vision of the business, empower the team to chase after the, the vision in their own ways and empower them to make decisions for the betterment of the business. I know my right calling is for to be the CEO because I also know that it would probably be someone better to run the business, but there would be no one better to expand on the vision other than myself as the founder, but also then equally that is one of the key roles of the CEO is to in, empower the team around you to be able to achieve overall business objectives. A hundred percent. And that is what I see my role is as well in the company, like the, the main thing and the core thing that as the CEO of the company, you need to be doing. And, and I think, so within that, what do you think about within leadership, mm. being a man? I mean, what do you see the biggest differences in our leadership styles? And do you think our gender affects them? I would say no in context of us. I'd like to think that I'm pretty self-aware and you've made me a better person to be more aware of those around me, regardless of gender, male or female mm. or non-binary for that matter. But I think I know in a lot of businesses that's not the case. And normally gender weighs in and statistics would say gender weighs in and key decisions getting made in senior leadership hires. Mm. Being in the advertising industry, which I am, that is something that is continually a growing topic. In context of gender in my business, no. My biggest support is a female and we both yin and yang, although she doesn't necessarily hold the title of CEO, I would be very comfortable with someone stepping up and taking that role who is a female 110%. How I wanted to ask you though, in terms of leadership, I think I've learned so much from you and taken so much from you. Do you feel that, have you? Yeah, well, I know I don't admit it at the time. Are you admitting it (laughs) right now? Don't cut this. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's one of those things that I, you know, at the time you will talk through things and it's easier to give advice when you're not in the thick of it. And so I think sometimes the advice, I'm like, well, you don't know. You don't know what you're talking about. And then, you know, you know, (laughs) I have a cycle. (laughs) And then a couple of days later, a couple of days later, I come back, I'm like, so what you were saying, can you help me with that? Anyway, what do you what do you think are the biggest learnings we've had from each other? We've been together for I think over five years now, quite a few years. Um, when we first met, we weren't in the roles that we are in today, and we've both no. kind of grown into those leadership positions together. I suppose. What do you think we've learned from each other? 
I think we've both grown together in our professions and in our life together. And we've, through that journey, had a lot of ebbs and flows of what you'd call busy or stressful times or busy times that are equally so rewarding at the same time. I think the biggest thing for us is when we come home, we have to come home and take it all on and also make sure that we're doing the best on ourselves. And you've spoken about this a lot is, am I actually delivering in this role? Mm. I ask myself that daily is like, why do these people listen to me? That imposter syndrome is something that we both share in different ways. But what does that do? Well, it equally means that we're both pretty ambitious and it doesn't always end up, you know, when we get home being the most productive or, you know, we sort of really do blur the lines of when we're professional and when we're personal. Mm. And you touched on imposter syndrome, which is interesting. It's something that for anyone that has listened to the podcast for a while, I've spoken about it a lot. And for anyone that doesn't, just so you know what it is, it's when you are doing, you're in a role or you're doing anything and you feel like an imposter in that situation, like you don't deserve to be there or like you're going to be found out. You know, so for me, it's, I have this fear that someone's going to come and tap me on the shoulder and say, okay, this dream is done. Go back to, you know, what you should be doing, which is not this, right? Because you don't know how to do this. Mm. And I think it's something that a lot of people live with. And I think it's important to talk about it because it is real. And I think, I mean, it really, really plays into self-doubt. For me, it's, I've kind of realized that it's never going to go away. That's okay. I, I thought that it would, the more, I suppose, in quotation marks, successful Keep It Cleaner became, the less I would feel it. Because then I would feel like, well, no, we, we have taken it here. So we must be, you know, I must be deserving of this role or not feel like an imposter, but it actually gets worse, which is so interesting that I found. How has that has that been for you? Because I think it's something that's more so spoken about for women, but I think it's something that all genders feel. Yeah, I think so. And and maybe if it is the generalization that more women do feel that, it's probably the inequality that they've had in their careers to date, knowing that they've achieved a role, but do they deserve the role? And just, just quickly as well, the stats. <clears throat> I mean, the stats in, like, look at, there was an, an article yeah. that was posted a few weeks ago of the top 50 growing um, startups in that have kind of raised the most money in Australia. And there was 50 of them. There was about 106 founders. And there was, I can't remember the exact number. I think it was, it was six. It was, there was six women. And I think there was only one company that was founded just by a woman. Every other woman that was on that list was accompanied by a male mm. founder. And I think it comes back to, there's there's obviously so many problematic issues within the, especially within, I mean, it's within the whole world, but within business, if we're speaking mm. specifically to that, you know, and, and even in um, some of the, the stuff that's going on behind the scenes at Kick at the moment, mm. some of the advice I've got with what I should do is stop being so like humble about things, like put yourself in the body. And I've actually had this advice of a 25 year old guy that is the most confident guy and just says whatever he wants and doesn't care, like doesn't think about things so much. It's a confidence thing. And it seems mm. so silly, but it's literally something that I've started doing a little bit. And it's, you la- I laugh Have at myself. Actually? Yeah, yeah, I laugh at myself. But it's, it's why, like, for example, with funding, mm. men get the most funding. Like female funding in Australia is, it's a worldwide issue. In Australia, the funding percentage, and I don't know it off the top of my head, but the, it's tiny companies that actually get funded that are started by females. 
And there's such a, and, and I think, I do think that, you know, self-doubt and confidence comes into that, but there's a lot of problematic a issues. Of things, yeah. Exactly right. But anyway, back to imposter syndrome, I think I, I would love to hear you speak about it I as well. I think for the reasons that we've probably just acknowledged, I don't think mine is as prominent as some of the ones that we speak about in context of your journey. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. And that could be pretty much what you've just That's okay. said. Mine probably comes at points of reflection. Have I made the right decisions? Am I equipped to make these decisions? Do I have all the resources in front of me to make those decisions? Do I know what the hell I'm doing? And I think you look for those reinforcement points, as you said, when things are flying and successful and things are happening and moving in the right direction, which very luckily the last couple of years has been incredible for my business journey with Bullfrog. However... Oh, also, can you say what you do? Because I feel like we should have started with that. 30-second elevator two pitch. Two CEOs, but just some mystical <laughs> yeah, guy do that do? just does business. <laughs> no, I'm the, the CEO and founder of Bullfrog, which is an independent creative agency working with uh, a lot of incredible brands across Australia and the rest of the world. But going back to that point, it's grown so fast in a short period of time. My reflection has been like, oh, wow, why do I have 40 people working for me? Mm. Why the hell are they listening to me? That imposter syndrome, while I probably wouldn't say it is as prominent in my day-to-day and how I feel, it's in those moments of reflection I actually have it the most. When I'm moving in the day-to-day and working with the team and working on those things, that doubt doesn't creep in then. It's actually when I stop or come home with you and I'm sitting on the couch, I'm like, I can't believe this person has just joined this team. How incredible are they? They're so much more experienced than me. They're 10, 15 years my senior. Why are they going to listen to me? Why are they going to listen to this guy? They're the questions I ask myself more. The imposter syndrome for me actually comes in the why are these people listening to me more so versus do I have the skill sets to deliver the role of a CEO, which I've already spoken about, which mm-hmm. I think I can, but doesn't come without those that self-doubt every now and then. And also equally saying, is there a better CEO out there or is there a better managing director out there? But also being self-aware and saying there probably is. I think the biggest thing in our roles that is the most important is that you do the best thing for your company in every decision that you make. And mm. so sometimes that involves you. That's why I think in, in the role, one of the most, most important traits is self-awareness because you mm. need to be able and be very confident in being like, hey, you take this or in terms of your team, you know this so much better mm. and you need to be self-aware about where your knowledge lies. I think that's super, super important. Now we've got a few more questions. There's one about the sex challenge, which we're going to leave. We're going to leave for a little bit because I want to. I want to quickly go in, into another question, which really relates to kind of how our home and work life yep. is affected. I want to know: um, in every relationship, you need to make sacrifices. What are the sacrifices you need to make in your relationship? This one's a quite an interesting question because I think. In terms of sacrifice, I think it's important to talk about it. Like we both want to acknowledge how lucky we are to be doing what we're doing and we would, I would say that we would not change it for the world. But I mm. think you can't have everything at once. You know, you do have to sacrifice things. If work is taking up a large percentage of, of your life, then, you know, that percentage is taken up. You can't then become more than 100%, right? So I, I reckon I put more pressure. Maybe you do, but you internalise it. I don't know. I'd love to know what you think about that, but I reckon I put more pressure on myself. Pressure in what regard though? Just to just to perform. I, I do think you vocalise your pressure a lot more than I do. Yes. That's something that I, that's always been a trait of mine. I've internalised a lot of things, both more personally around how I feel. And it's quite common. A lot of men don't share how they feel. And I've been pretty open with that in the past from other conversations that we've had. And I'm really vulnerable in front of my team as much as I am honest. And I think that is a great way to lead life. But that's something you've taught me as well. 
I think I put an immense amount of pressure on myself, but I think it comes back to that point is vocalizing that pressure and sharing the load. Mm. I would say you share it more on me Mm. versus the other way around. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I think for me, it's that if I don't share it with you, because I think that's where it's quite unique and hard to navigate because I do rely on you a lot for advice in terms of my role and, and work and everything because we do have the same role. And that's very professional. I mean, it's so then it really crosses the line, which is what you kind of touched on before with personal, because then to switch from that into support and also knowing when either of us just needs the other one to say, it's going to be okay, like, it's all good, you've got this, or knowing when to give a 15-minute talk and then, like, send through some slides with ideas, right? Because sometimes the latter isn't actually helpful. And I think it's just really hard to navigate because it is quite a unique thing to, to rely on your partner so much for career support, but also need them to be your emotional support, obviously, as, as your, your husband. What type of support do you think I offer you in those contexts? Though? What's the most valuable? Well, I mean, it, it really depends on what I need, right? Because I think both are really, really valuable. Like, I think I probably, probably emotional support is the most valuable because that's what, yeah, number one. See, um, and even on that, I actually struggle with that. Why? Because the things that you find more that you need, like the business problems or the problems in the day that are testing you more emotionally than the scenario mm. that I wouldn't deem as emotional or not an emotion charging like piece of… And that's how we're different in And the in relevance how of how I view a scenario versus at work that is stressful for you may not be stressful for me. And I, I do think that's something that we sort of duel against. And, and self-admittedly, I'll put the hand up and say, why are we even talking about this? And I have said that in the past. Like, what, like just move on. But that to me, then I'm not getting validation for, I'm not getting feeling I'm not like I'm heard. You. Correct. And then I'm, and I get so angry because I'm like, just because it doesn't matter to you or you don't think that it's a big deal for you like it is to me. So, but I do think we have fantastic independence and that's really important. Mm-hmm. But I think too, in terms of, like asking for advice, we do rely on each other a lot. Yeah, and different. Like I would actually say your growth journey with Keep It Cleaner has allowed me to, yes, grow simultaneously, but actually in through different lessons and learnings, learning what not to do and what to do. Mm. And that is one of the most valuable exchanges of experiences as two founders and CEOs is we're not going to get it right. We're probably going to get it wrong more than we're going to get it right. However, the one of the biggest things that I think – going through this journey with you is you invest so, and it's not to say that I don't invest so personally, but my the one thing that is my everything is you and my family, which you are my family. And for me, work is work. And the part that I know hurts you the most, as much as it does hurt, is when people come and go. Mm. And because you invest wholeheartedly, probably I would say too much, in the people that are on your team. Personally, like from a you mean personal emotionally. connection, emotionally, yeah. you emotionally invest in those people. So do I, but I have that sort of barrier. I reckon that, I, I do reckon, like it, from a gender perspective, mm. I reckon that that's something that a lot of female leaders would struggle with. It's really interesting and I could never talk mm. to that. I think that's just a lived experience that we've, even in the last couple of months with some of the things that both have happened in our businesses, the thing that I've deemed as, I can't walk in your shoes each day, but I've said, oh, no, that scenario is insignificant. Well, how can I actually say that? 
because I'm not. Yeah, how can you actually say that? <laughs> so, oh shit! So maybe every I won't. time, every time we you do but this, this is what our say, fights well, have been honey. about. Is this a therapy session? Is this like? Is this? Like, yeah, okay. no therapist, Mandy. <laughs> Mandy's the therapist. Um, but that's probably been the thing from reflecting over the last couple of months has been I have been giving advice that I shouldn't be giving. Yeah, but it's hard if I'm asking for it, isn't it? I think don't be too hard on yourself because yeah. I'm really asking. But maybe for it. I just need to change tack. Yeah, and maybe I need to just not say what I truly feel because there might be a right time later that in the heat of the conversation, it might not be the right time. And I think too, another thing in terms of communication is I now, what I'll do is I'll actually text you in the day if I've had a really hard day. So then, because I think if you come in and you're both like, oh, I've had a hard day, you're like, well, it wasn't as hard as mine. But I think if you let the person know in like a nice way in the day or your partner, then I think that's also like, then you can prepare for that night and like the best way to work through it with each other and you give each other time. I think that helps. I think... I think one thing that we've really always done well from the get-go has been communication. Mm. It has. It, we don't get it perfect every day. Don't Definitely get me wrong. Not. But we've <laughs> always been able to nip things in the bud pretty quickly when it comes to this is really shitting me mm. and having those conversations. There might be a bit of a, an argument and then the next day it's like, all right, how do we work through this? Every relationship needs work. It takes a lot of work. If you want to put the work in, You'll get the outcome. You have to want to put the work in. That's exactly right. And that's right. what it is. Mm. We're definitely not going to get it right all mm-hmm. the time. I think it's it's something that we probably, even in the last few months, we've had to really work on because we've both been extremely busy and blurring that line of personal professional mm. really easily, but equally not probably recharging in the ways that we'd want and or that's a connecting with each other. Exactly. Connecting each other and how one might want. What's hard is our storms and calm times do not come at, obviously, how how on earth would they come at the same time? They don't. And so what's unfortunate is that I might be, I have come out of a harder time, high pressure time, and then I'm like, okay, now I need this time to to recharge and have calm, but you might be just entering a high pressure time. Mm. So you can't, you know, it might mean you're working like super long, longer hours than normal and you, you have to, all these things, you know, th- these things. And I think what's hard is managing that it's not going to be like this perfect unison of just recently we've, you know, we we had a, um, a week away booked, which we were both so excited for, but we cut it kind of just for, for the weekend and Monday because of just work, right? Mm-hmm. And that was something that wasn't, it was for me, it wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I really appreciated that the the way that I I had communicated to you and and you then from there thought okay well I'm you actually said to me because I felt so bad about saying it to you because I knew you really needed it but mm. you initiated that and said hey I think we should we should just go for three days mm. um, and yeah so that, firstly thank you for doing that but it is it's something that you just there are there are sacrifices and that's. That's life, right? It it always ebbs and flows. Mm. And we've had that even on our relationship and our journey at different points. There's been points where we've had to make conscious decisions between the both of us is I probably can't go as hard right now because Mm. my partner needs me to be there because in partnership, you are that person coming to the table. And I think even recently talking on the last episode with Will or one of the episodes with Will, the panic attacks that you've had. It's a new experience for you. And that's happened in the last few months, which is hard to watch as a partner. But equally, you know, you can understand that's a severe end of the flags that you need to be able to support and give. 
And I probably haven't done that as well as I could as much as what we've spoken about today. And that's not only reflecting, and hindsight is always a beautiful thing, but I think it's you know how you can pres- you can rock up tomorrow and you know that you can be there and you know you can work on it. We're never going to get it perfect, but we have to put the work in and that's what it comes back to. Now, the question probably the only reason anyone's listening to this episode. No, no, no. Not, not, not to you. Your lovely voice, honey, is lovely to listen to, but more so just <laughs> I feel like there's been a lot of questions about this. We, okay, so we're going to play the question and then, then you can answer it. So if Steph's doing the 30-day intimacy <laughs> challenge, Laura, why didn't you want to do it? Okay, so first of all, I what is it? I actually want to know why you don't want to do it. <laughs> what is it? The 30-day intimacy challenge is a challenge which Steph and Josh did and they have completed and you have to be intimate with your partner for 30 days straight. When Steph told me my reaction was, well, how? And aren't you tired? Because to be quite frank, the reason I don't want to do it is because I can't be bothered. And I think it's true. <laughs> Seriously. It's just, I'm sorry. And I, I think that's, and now. I have, I've, I, I, <laughs> I can't be bothered. Like, I just, I, 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 yeah, I think, like, I don't have a lot to say. I just, I just can't be bothered. <laughs> um, but I think it's also important to to talk to as well that it's not going to work for everyone, that challenge, right? And while you I probably, want to know why yeah, you can't be bothered. Uh, Go. Um, I just, I just can't be bothered. Like, I just, I mean, and Steph, and Steph did speak about with, with Josh in the episode that Josh's libido is higher than Steph's, right? But I think sex in general is something that in relationships, people, it's so bizarre because everyone, what people need in their relationships personally and then like Mm. together is different. And also not everyone's libidos match up in relationships, right? But what I think is really hard is when sex becomes a conversation between friends Mm. or on social media that there's like to have a good in quotation marks relationship or a healthy in quotation marks relationship or like relationship with spark or whatever you have to have sex X amount of time per week or month or whatever it might be. Mm. And I think that puts really unrealistic pressure on people. And obviously not to say that Steph and Josh did this, right? That's it's. I think it's great because it, as Steph explored in the episode, like it was something that she probably, she definitely didn't suggest, right? It was something that Josh suggested. But I just want to, I just wanted to acknowledge as well that I think we put so much pressure on ourselves that we need to like get to this number each week or whatever month, whatever, whatever it is for everyone listening to like have a good relationship. And I just think that whatever works for you both, if you both aren't people that have, and I'm not saying you're like, I'd say our libidos aren't completely matched. You probably have a higher one, definitely have a higher one than me, right? But if you're in a relationship where you both don't have a super high libido and you don't have sex that often, if that works for you both and you're happy, that is fine. And that is Mm. enough. Like it's a great, it's a great way to connect if that works for you, but there are other ways too. And I just think it's really, really important to talk about. Yeah, I think it is. I, and you talk about ebbing and flowing and what people need in the relationship. Mm. It is something that, like, I do have a high libido. I do want to have sex with you quite regular. However... Whereas I'd, I'd probably... <laughs> don't, as you've already said. And as I already know... I'd be fine if I... <laughs> not going down to that. However, I agree with your comment around intimacy can come in different forms. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be sex. And that's also the intimacy challenge is not just having sex. Yeah, but so, it's still sexual. It's a bit, Exactly. You know. But like I said, the intimacy level doesn't necessarily need to mean sexual intercourse. It can mean a lot of things. Mm. And 
I think for people as much as there's times where you might want to have sex and I don't. You know what I have Which to is I rare. have to confess. Which is rare. I, I have to confess what I do is sometimes I know. <laughs> yeah, you do it deliberately <laughs> so you can get so a chip. Bad. I get how it works. But sometimes when I this is this is bad. I I should I should but nah, I will. I'm just gonna say it. I feel like lots of people do this. So as we said, Dalton's libretto is higher than mine. So I'm often the one being like, no, I'm too tired. So what I need to make sure I do is that it's not too unbalanced. And the way I do that <laughs> is when Dalton, I know he is so tired and he is, he is not interested or he has a sore stomach or something or he's super full and I've got no interest in having sex, right? I've got no interest, but I will try and initiate it so I get a token <laughs> when you say no to use against you next time. That is, that, I was about to say something. <laughs> I'm going to say that. You know I do that. And then you, but and now I've told you because I was talking about it, you know. So you're like, I know what you're doing and this doesn't count. Oh, now it's, now it's a- But the next time I'll still be like, and remember last time? Yeah, you said no to me. So, you know, it's not just me. <laughs> Now I just see it as a genuine challenge. Every time. I'm going to rise up and make please it happen. Don't, please yeah. don't. No, I'm going to rise up so you can't back out. Oh, my God. We are moving on. We have got one last question, which makes me squirm that this is a question. But oh. um, anyway, Mandy, can you play it for us? There's a twist. It's actually from me, this question. Oh, okay. oh shit. <laughs> and this is why, because I knew Laura would squirm at it. But as your therapist, by the way, <laughs> great therapy session from you two. We've learned a lot. Oh, shit. Dalton, how are you feeling? You all right? Brilliant. <laughs> the question is, that's going to make Laura squirm, um, what are three things each that you love about the other? Oh, geez, you are the therapist today. Hang on. <laughs> because I think you've explored a lot in this episode. Mm, yes. um, you've spoken a lot openly about, you know, the disagreements that you guys have mm. and obviously there's a lot of love between you two. I think we should end the episode on something lovely and maybe a bit cringe, but that's okay. I just want to know what you, you, Mandy. what you love about each <laughs> other the most. <laughs> Dr. Mandy in the house. Do you house. know what? When we spoke about this question yesterday, when I spoke to Mandy about it, the re- or Dr. Mandy about it, <laughs> the reason that I was like, I don't want to do this is because I said, Dalton will come out with a poem and I will seem, I will seem like I don't care, but romantic. I do really love you. I just don't have always the words that you have. Like your vows, for example, were about 10 pages. They weren't 10 Mine pages. Mine were one. <laughs> okay? oh, two pages. <laughs> And every word counted. Okay, thank you. Anyway, I'm also really busting to go to the bathroom, so you got to keep you got to keep swerving <laughs> around in my chair. Look at okay, you moving past so, saying nice so, things. So so so. Okay, so go. Okay, what I love about you the most is that you are the funniest person I have ever met because of the weird, random things that you do, and I love them so much. You just have these these things. They're just they're really funny, and what's, they bring me one? a lot of Please joy. Don't. Make it bad I'm trying to or think. something that the team are going to talk about in the office. <sighs> What's once one of the funniest? You just ran, you're so random. Like I can't. It's every single day you do the most random stuff, and I'm like, that is just Steph agrees. <laughs> anyway, the second one is that you more serious is that you are the most supportive person of me in the whole world, and I feel like like you're my home, and that you're um you're like my safe blanket and space. You're like my trampoline underneath me. So that's. Trampoline. Very nice. Yeah, because you always help me come back up. And so I try to stay in the air. 
Where have and you got all these cliches? Then, <laughs> you need to read in my book or something. And then the third one, I would say, what else is there? I uh, only think- two. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Mandy said three. Your drive drive is something that I really, really admire in you. And I I love that about you. That's my 2.5. Your (laughs) 2.5. My three, my three. Uh, I think for me, the first one definitely has to be you are the most self-sacrificing individual I've ever met for the betterment of everyone else around you. I definitely can't. I can't mirror that. It because I'm not wide like that. That's not that's not me. But you have made me a better person through that trait. And it's such an admirable trait that I haven't met many people have, but that was one of the first things that was so evident. And you still do it every day in the smallest ways that people wouldn't even know you're doing it. Because it's, oh yeah, I'll do that for you. I'll pick it up even though it's at 11 o'clock at night and then I'll come home and then I'm going to go work for another two hours. You will do that. I don't know why I just ripped yeah, your voice kind of off that. that was big enough. This is a bit higher pitched <laughs> than mine. You, honey. That's very nice. I don't really know what to do. I'm like, just. <clears> I also really need to go to the bathroom, so I'm swiveling around in my chair, but also because I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> that's the squirming that's happening. The second one is just your energy. The energy that you bring in the room, it lifts people up. And I'm not going to use your trampoline thing, but... <laughs> You know, if you want to call it energy or passion, I think that is one of the most admirable traits because that is unwavering. And the third one is you just make me the person I want to be and you provide... I mean, that sounds like a cliche to me, really. (laughs) You provide support, drive, challenge, ambition to actually make me the person I want to be and that's okay regardless of these random things that you can't recall that I do do, <laughs> you 100% accept me for me. And that's pretty cool. Oh, that's really nice, honey. And see, Dr. Mandy, that is why I didn't want to do it because I'm not a wordsmith. <laughs> well done, guys. That was beautiful. Uh, that'll be $3,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, honey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having Really me. appreciate it. Well... Are you still in that little ball of vulnerability? Underneath the ground. Underneath the ground? Oh, yeah. It's all right. It's over. It's done. It's out it's there. It's over now. Is there a song? It's over. It's over now. But Dalton and I are still da, together. That's lucky. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a throwback, that song. Yeah. Anyway, do you anyway, have a special share for us? I do. What it is, is it? one of our new Pilates classes with Christina. Ooh. Love it. What Such a good one. 25-minute one. It's called Speedy Pilates Pump. Nice. It's got some dumbbells. Nice. It's a really good one. Well, thank Love. you. Recommend. Thank you highly recommend. Nice. Well, what my, have you got? Uh, my special share is actually the book by Emma Carey, The Girl Who Fell From The Sky. So if you don't know who Emma is, we've actually had her on the potty before. But yes. she's a friend of ours and she literally is the girl who fell from a sky. She went skydiving. Um, and had an accident. And really, to be truthful, it's a miracle she's alive. And Mm. her book is so incredible. She speaks to so much detail of her experience and her life since. And it's so interesting to read. And it's such an incredible perspective. And if you've ever met her or heard her on an interview or seen her social media, she is this shining positive light. But what I find really fascinating is she refers to herself before the accident as so not that kind of person. And so it's obviously like brought on all this perspective, but I do want to read something out from her book. Um, 
It's in the chapter oh, where. Oh, this is special. Yeah, just you know. Well, I'm actually I'm, I'm warming up a little bit because I'm also I'm so honoured I'm hosting part of her book tour here in Melbourne which I'm so excited to do. You are a hosting queen. I wouldn't say that, I but would. um, I'm just yeah. I was so grateful. She reached out and and I was very flattered and I love her story and I was so excited to read the book. So I was very keen to host. Anyway, um, so this part is in a chapter where she's talking about the anniversary of her accident, and I really thought that this was quite powerful. So I'll just I'll just read it out. She said, today didn't only have to be about reflecting and grieving. It could also be about sincerely appreciating getting a whole extra year of the beautiful, messy, confusing, wondrous thing that is my life. In an alternate world, one awfully close to this one, today would have been the anniversary of my death and I wouldn't have got the chance to eat delicious cake or yell and apologize and forgive and laugh with my family or any of the other very human things I got to do. That in itself seemed like enough of a reason to throw a party, sing from the rooftops, hug a stranger on the street and scream with enthusiasm of a child, oh my gosh, can you believe we are alive? And I just Aww. thought that was so special because it is so true when you when she survived an accident like that, it, it really could have been a completely different story for her and her family. And I just think when when she was speaking of that date coming up and like obviously it's, it's a date that's going to be ingrained in her. She's actually got a tattoo of it as well, but ingrained in her for her life and her mm. family as well. She spoke of how none of them really knew if they were going to celebrate it or grieve it or like how to react. And um, at the end of the day, they were celebrating the fact that she was still alive. So it's quite special. But yeah, it's a really, really beautiful book, really beautiful story. So highly recommend um, grabbing that one. Well, thank you for recommending. I will. Mm. And you'll love it. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. We will be back in your ears next week. And as always, you can check out more about Kick at keepitcleaner.com and we're on the App Store and Google Play Store. We've got a 14-day free trial at the moment. So if you're interested in checking out some of our budget bites or Christina's new Pilates workouts, you can jump on there. And a reminder to follow us on TikTok as well mm. because we have some exciting things happening over juicy. there. Yeah, some juicy announcements and some <laughs> competitions. And we're also on Instagram at Keeper Cleaner, at Laura.Henshaw and at Steph Clay Smith. Okay, bye.